0: pray father thank you for this day that we're reminded although every day we should be reminded to give you thanks we thank you for this time we thank you that you meet us no matter where we are that you are present so we ask that you help us be present because we know you're already there so we invite you Lord we invite you uh, into our heart this day maybe in a new way in a different way as we meet you as we continue to seek you as we we worship you lord as we hear your word and lord as we come to your table and that we meet you in the breaking of the bread where we want to give you thanks in all things and in this time of giving thanks change us and transform us so we could leave here different from the way we came in and we ask this in jesus name amen, amen. in today's gospel reading it it really is coming from the place of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5 where uh, Jesus has this incredible teaching that he puts before his disciples and then there's those who are gathered around him. And as he's teaching and as he's uh, giving an understanding, what he's telling them is this is a way for those who are going to follow him. This is what it looks like. This is what it's going to look like to be a disciple of mine. And for those who were hearing, a lot of it was upside down. A lot of it was not their understanding of what a disciple of God would look like. Yet Jesus was saying, this is going to be different. And when we get to Matthew chapter 5 in uh, verse 6, just before that, Jesus is saying, where do you put your treasures? And where your treasure is, there is your heart also. And he continues that we can't serve God and both money. And he's laying these things down. And that context helps us understand. Then he comes to this verse here in chapter 6, verse 25, and where he tells us, do not worry. That he begins to tell his disciples and his followers, do not worry. And what he's saying is, primarily, don't worry about those things, like where your treasure is, and and don't worry about those things that, that might be binding you. And he goes on to give this understanding. And Jesus makes it really clear. For those who come to follow after me, he says, do not worry. So I have a question. Why do we worry so much? He said right there, do not worry. So why do we worry so much? What is the cause of our worry? Why do we worry so much and, and how do I make a change to that? Well, I want to give you the top five things that people worry about the most, so maybe we can understand that. Maybe you have one of five, maybe you have all five, meet me after this service and we'll pray. But the reality is that there's these things that that causes worry. The first thing, or the most, probably the greatest thing that we worry about is our finances. That's the first place that we deal with, and Jesus was addressing that in his teaching here in Matthew chapter 6. We worry about making enough money. We worry, what will I eat? What will I drink? What will I wear? Where will I live? We worry about our savings. We worry about our retirement. We worry about our college fund. And we spend a lot of energy in that place of finances where we worry about these very things. Second is we worry about our health. That, that Do I eat right? Do, do I diet? Do I exercise? And, and do I do these things? We worry about sickness. And we have a good reason for that right now. But health is a major issue that comes up in our life, and and we we begin to worry about all these things. And then we worry about family. Number three, am I a good parent? Do I spend enough time with my spouse, with my kids, with my siblings? Am am, am I doing family right and worry about their future and those things in their life? and, And family becomes part of that worry. We worry about direction, direction of our life. We ask questions, what will I be when I grow up? I'm still trying to figure that out, by the way. But we do, we ask that question, what, is, what will I be? Where am I going with my life? How, how will I get there? And we begin to worry about all these things in the direction that we have. And the fifth thing we worry about is our reputation, believe it or not. What do others think about me? Do people like me? Do people dislike me? And I can tell by the post I put on social media whether they like me or dislike me. Are people judging me? We worry about that. We worry about our reputation. Well, there was a study done that I want to share with you. Do you know that 85% of all the things that we worry about never happen? So why do we worry? All these worries have to do with tomorrow, not today. And that's what Jesus is addressing. He's saying all these worries are things that you're worrying about for tomorrow. They're all a future worry. That honestly, that that you won't have control over those future worries. Yet we allow these worries to occupy the majority of our thoughts, our time. And ultimately, we become immobilized as a result of all those worries. That we become stuck in that very place. And all worry comes from fear. And fear is an emotion that tells us of a possible impending danger that's coming. And, and we worry as a result of that fear that comes out. And if we think of worry and what it is, and that anxiousness or what it's about, worry is like carrying around a backpack of old junk. So you, so you take the backpack every day, you fill it up with all different worries and all different things, you put on the backpack of that old junk, and, and we put it on, and then it's stuff that we don't use. It's stuff that, that we don't need to be carrying around, yet we put it on that backpack. And what it does is we weigh ourselves down, and then we begin to go in through the day in the things that we have to do. And we realize that that very weight keeps us from where we need to go. We take the backpack and we fill it and we worry about our finances, we worry about our health, we worry about our family, we worry about a direction of our life, we worry about our reputation and we load it up and we carry it around everywhere. And as we carry that around, it, it keeps us from where God wants to bring us in our life. It, it binds us for the next thing that he wants to do. So it's time for us to unburden the load of these worries. It's time for us not to just begin to take one or two things out of the backpack, but get rid of the backpack. To lay it down. See, these are all worries that we have of the world. None of them have to do with the kingdom. They're worries of the world, not not kingdom worries. And that's what Jesus was trying to teach his followers. That you've got world worries But if you have a kingdom understanding, you'll you'll see that these world worries will pass away. See, we have to allow our faith to drive out our fear. And we have to turn our worry into worship. We have to to transform that. So how, how do we do this? How do we turn our worry into worship? How does that change occur? What do we do? Well, first, we have to stop seeking first the things that are temporal and start seeking first the things that are eternal. And Jesus is saying, that's the mindset that has to happen. That's the change that has to come, that you've got to begin to get an eternal mindset, a kingdom mindset, not a worldly mindset. And if our, our, if our focus is on the things of the world, we have that backpack and we're carrying around those very burdens, those very weights of things that may happen or may come or I don't have that control of and I don't know what's going to happen. And we're worried about the things of the world and we're not focusing on the things of God. That we have a worldview, not a kingdom view. And what Jesus is giving his disciples and and his followers is a kingdom view. He's giving them a kingdom understanding. And in Matthew 6, 31 through 33, he says, therefore, he lists those things, he says, therefore, do not worry. We can almost look at that as a command. That Jesus is saying to you, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek. All these things the world seeks. You can change that sentence or pagans seek those things. For your heavenly Father knows that you you need and all the things. He knows everything. Verse 33. He tells them, listen, this is what you have to do. This is how you're going to combat that worry in your life. Seek first the kingdom of God and what church his righteousness. And he says this, there's a promise and all these things will be added what unto you. That we have to become these kingdom seekers. That means to abandon the worry of tomorrow for the promise of today. That we have to abandon that and Hold to that promise of today that he gives us. And our heavenly father knows all our needs. What we have to do is have faith and trust him. That's what we have to do. And to overcome our worry, we have to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So when I'm worrying and I'm, I've got those things, A little, am I seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness? And when we seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, what that means is that we put Christ and the things of the Spirit first in our life. That's the kingdom life. Kingdom life is Christ first and the things of the Spirit in my life. Everything else follows after that. How do I put Christ first? How do I put his kingdom first? And we start putting those things first all the other things begin to fall in place. See, when we do this, when we get this right, all the things that we worry about, all those things that we, we were uh, burdened by, he says, I will handle it. It'll be added unto you. There's a promise there that he gives us. But the promise only comes if we seek him first. The promise only comes if he's first. The promise only comes if it's his kingdom first. The promise only comes is Christ first in my life and the things of his spirit in my life first. If they're not, then my life is out of order if I'm trying to walk a kingdom life. And if my life is out of order, worry takes over. And when worry takes over, it pulls me away from that relationship with Christ because what I'm saying is I don't have faith and I can't trust him. But that that we have to begin to trust in that promise he says. And let the Lord lead your finances, your health, your family, your direction, and your reputation. He'll deal with that. He'll lead those ways. See, we have to learn, if we're putting Christ first, that that we have to daily give thanks. Daily we have to come to that place that we put Christ first and the things of the Spirit first. And daily we give thanks. Thanks. We thank Him, Jesus, you, you, you came and you took our sins upon the cross. Jesus, you reconciled us to yourself through repentance, that, that you conquered death on the cross, that we may have this eternal life. Thank you, Lord, that you have made a way for us to the Father. Thank you, Lord. That's a kingdom understanding. And we have to get that thanksgiving in our heart and understand what he's done, and what he'll continue to do. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, which we might be familiar with, in everything, what, church? Give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Not in some things, not in once in a while, but in everything we give thanks. And in that everything that we give things, that's, that's everything, That's even in my trial, that's even in my tribulation, that's even in my difficulty, that's even when it seems impossible, we still have to give him thanks. Why? Because there's a promise that all these things will be added unto you. There's a promise there so that we don't lose sight, that we don't grow weary in the things that he wants to do and accomplish, and that our life, we can give thanks that way if we put Christ first and the things of the Spirit first in our life. But if that's not first, in everything we can't give thanks. We give thanks in a few things. Or we give thanks in the things that we really, really want in our life. It's always interesting how we wrestle with that. Like, God is so good when everything's going my way. When some things become difficult, you know, we start to wonder, God, what happened? But can I give him thanks? You know, some of the most difficult circumstances in my life, I can see after that that God used that for his purpose in my life that he didn't waste any of those moments or those trials or those and what did I do I continued to put Christ first and the things of the spirit first in my life and you know what that did that gave me peace in the midst of all those things that led me through that time in a wilderness that time in a desert cuz he was with me cuz he never left me and it was because Christ was first and because I could give him thanks in all things in everything in everything, give thanks. What does that mean? That means rejoice always. You ever meet a really happy person? You know, look, there's, there's one of those people that are just joyous all the time. Aren't they aggravating? <laughs> They're the kind of people like, you know, get away from me. Just leave me alone. I want to be anxious and cranky and fearful and... there's something in the spirit we we can sense that. And it's like, why are you so happy all the time? And there's a joy of the Lord that becomes their strength. And why? Because they've learned how to rejoice always. We think maybe it's because they have this perfect life. No, they've just found the true answer, who is Christ. And by putting Christ first and by, by giving thanks daily, by rejoicing always, And if we want to learn how to give thanks in that place and and in everything give thanks, we rejoice always and we pray consistently. That's what we rejoice always. We pray consistently and then in everything we can give thanks. Then we can give thanks in every circumstance of our life that's going on. Every, Every trial, every tribulation, every problem. That we continue to rejoice always. We continue to pray in every circumstance. And that continually he will meet us in those moments. That there's a promise that all this will be added to you. That there's a promise of an eternal life. That there's a promise that there's a kingdom understanding. And when we get the kingdom understanding first, when we get Christ first, all these other things begin to take shape. See, when we begin to turn our worry into worship, our worries will soon disappear. But we have to transform them. We have to bring them into a place of worship. And the way we change, which I've coined a phrase of a word called worrytude, and worrytude is a bad attitude that we're anxious, that we're, 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 we're discontent with those things. So we have this worrytude. You ever have a worrytude? I have worrytudes. And we have to turn our worritude into a heart of gratitude. That we begin to be grateful. And we do that by giving thanks. We do that by giving thanks. In Philippians chapter four, verse six, it, there's a reminder to be anxious of what? Everything? Nothing. Oh, okay. Be anxious of nothing. Anxiousness is worry. And that worry is really more about a future problem, which Jesus taught in today's gospel reading. That worry is about this future thing that may or may not happen. And and we put that worry, we allow that anxiousness to take place. But he says, don't be anxious. Don't worry for nothing. But in everything, he says, this is how you overcome that we give thanks. In everything. That, that daily, through our prayer, through our supplications, at our thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And they will not come back void. We have to let those requests be known. And, and, you know, I say this often, but I'm convinced Jesus was a New Yorker. He was very sarcastic, by the way. and You read through the scriptures. But more importantly, I could just hear him as he taught the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes, and as all they were gathered, you know what he said to them? He said, don't worry about it. He said, forget about it. Forget about it. That, that this idea that you've, you've held on and how much time we've exhausted and energy we've exhausted in that place of those burdens that we've picked up, he didn't give them to us. We chose to burden ourselves with those things. We've chosen that in spite of his telling us, don't worry, that's okay, Lord, I'll worry anyway. When ultimately they're his worries. And there's those things that he can handle. But what he wants us to do is have that heart of gratitude. What he wants us is to be anxious and worry of nothing, but in all things to give thanks. In all things. When we learn to do that, we begin to have this kingdom understanding. And then we begin to become those people of thanksgiving. You know, we're going to come together to the altar. And that's the great thanksgiving feast. That we get to participate in the body and blood of Christ. That gives us life in a, in a supernatural way. That every time we come is a feast of thanksgiving. We have to be reminded of who he is and what he's done and his promises that he's given to us. So I want you to close your eyes for a minute right now. I know no matter what you may be going through, I just want you right now to take a moment. Think of one thing that you can be thankful for. What's one thing? Maybe right now it's just your health. Right now you're not sick or you're overcoming a sickness. Maybe right now it's, Lord, I'm so grateful that I've got food that I'll have today and shelter, clothes. Maybe it's thankful for he's reconciling a relationship in your life. Just think about that thing right now and in your heart, give him thanks. Lord, thank you that you do those things. Thank you that you're making a way. Thank you, Lord, right now that there's a vaccine that's going to come and we're going to rid this earth of this virus. Thank you, Lord, that you're going to make a way when it seems impossible because you're a God who's a way maker. Thank you, Lord, that you've given your Holy Spirit to empower us, that we can move in the gifts of your Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in our lives right now and all that you'll continue to do. Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to worry about those future things. We just have to be in today to give you thanks. Lord, thank you that we're reminded to seek you first in all things. Father, we give you thanks. Father, we thank you for all that you have done. Father, we thank you for all you're doing right now. And we thank you for all that is to come. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Now, most important thing about giving thanks is who we're giving thanks to. And for each of us, there's a moment where we have to make that decision of, do I want the kingdom life that Jesus promises through a relationship with him, or do I want the world and what it promises? Jesus makes an invitation for us to come and have this relationship with him by grace through faith. What's the promise of an eternal life? What's our part? We turn. Repent from the ways of the world, from our anxiousness, our worries, our fears, our doubts, our shame, and all those things, we lay those down and turn to him. And what gift does he give us? An eternal life. And what I know for certain is Jesus wants every person's heart, but we have to decide whether we'll let him in that place or not. So I don't know if you know him that way. I don't know those who are watching online know him that way, but I wanna make an invitation for you to pray and let him into your heart that way. And you let the Holy Spirit work in your life and give him thanks for who he is and what he's doing. And if you want to know him that way and come to that relationship with him that way, I want you to pray after me. Just say this, say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open up my heart and I ask you to come in. So take control of my life and make me the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Peace of the Lord be with you. Acknowledge one another with the sign of God's peace.